0: Good morning, Revos. Great to see you. My name's Nathan. I'm one of the pastors here. Thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, School is back in session, so we're going to do a little refresher on an English course this morning. Are you ready for that? (laughs) You guys feel the same way about English as I do, but I hate math more, so it's uh, a compromise. Here's the deal. Um, I want to share a word with you. The the word is, uh, in the English language, the word is homonym. All right, so homonym is one word that has multiple meanings, right? One word that can mean a lot of different things. I looked up, and the the biggest homonym in the English language is the word run, R-U-N. According to dictionary.com, run has 179 different definitions. One word, 179 different definitions. So that's a homonym, one word. That has many definitions. Here is a uh, another word is contronym. Now, a contronym is a word that has two meanings that are the exact opposite. Right? I'll give you an example. The word "throw out" is a contronym. If you throw out the trash, that means you take the trash and you put it out. But if you're sitting at a table with a bunch of coworkers and you throw out an idea, that means you're bringing an idea from outside and bringing it in. Throw out can mean take one thing out. Throw out can also mean take one thing in. So it's the same word, but has opposite meanings to it, but it's the same word. I think I've got a word that is both a homonym, it's one word that has a ton of meanings, and also a contronym, one word that it can mean totally opposite things. Let me throw it out to you. Christian. Christian, the word Christian is a homonym, has one word with many different meanings. Like, I've heard so many different definitions of the word Christian. In fact, in the world today, there are 2.2 billion people that would call themselves Christians. That's roughly 31% of the entire population. On planet earth and I have a feeling if you were to go out and ask 2.2 billion people what their definition of Christianity is you would get roughly about 2.2 million different answers everyone would have a little twist everyone would think something differently now the word Christian actually only appears in the Bible three different times the word Christian and all of them are in the New Testament And it's funny Christian was actually a word that was made up by people that didn't love Jesus it was actually a, almost like a, a, a slur, a racial slur that people would use today. That was the word for Christian. They were making fun of people that claimed to be followers of Jesus. They were degrading them, belittling them. It was like, almost like name-calling is what they were doing. They would look at me like, oh, look at that Christian. And they would openly mock them for claiming to be a follower of Jesus. And so it's actually Christian isn't even a nice word to say. It was originally meant to be really negatory, really pushing people down, degrading them, a slur that you would never look to and call someone that if they were your friend or use it affectionately. And so it's, it seems that this word Christian doesn't even have a definition. There, there are so many definitions that there's not really a definition. We can't just spout off one quick sentence or one quick phrase that would describe what a Christian is. I love that presidential politics are in full swing. I love politics. love looking at these guys. And, and roughly out of the 20 named candidates on both sides of the aisle, 19 of them have come out and said that they were a Christian. Now, that's crazy because in every other area of their life, in every other ideology that they hold, they couldn't be complete opposites. I mean, on one side, you've got left-wing, progressive, ultra-liberal Democrats that stand up and say, I'm a Christian. And then on the other side of the stage, you have just ultra-conservative, Tea Party, right-wing Republicans that will stand up and say, hey, guess what? I'm a Christian. Well, something doesn't make sense. Something like that, because those people are totally different. There's such a wide gap in between what they do and what they say and what their life shows, but they, they all say, I'm a Christian. There are people that come into this room every Sunday. They, they never miss a Sunday. They give generously. They're involved in serving here at, at Revo, and they're a part of a small group, and they're taking steps to move forward, and they're all in. And If you were to ask those people uh, how they would label themselves, they would say, I'm a Christian. There are also people that uh, only attend a couple of times a year, Christmas and Easter. I call them Christers, affectionately call them Christers. Um, But they're not here today, so they can't complain. <laughs> Those are people that only come on Christmas and Easter, and we love it when they come. But they only come to, to church twice a year, and they never give to the church. They never give to anything. A lot of times they don't, they're not very generous with their money, and they, they're not involved in an R group, and they don't serve, and they don't volunteer. But if you were to ask them, are you a Christian, most of them would say, yeah, yeah, I'm a Christian. Now, how is that? Like one life looks totally different. One attitude is totally different. One background is, is totally different. But with 2.2 billion people in the world claiming that there's a Christian, there's got to be a breakdown. You know, Jesus never called his followers Christians. Not one time did he look at the church or his 12 disciples and say, you guys are, are Christians. He called them disciples, followers of me. Now, that is, that is a word that has a very clear definition. But Christian, on the other hand, is, is, is kind of vague. Um, so you know what that tells me? By so many different definitions of Christianity, and probably if I asked for just popcorn answers this morning, a lot of people would have a lot of different answers. That, that tells me that if 2.2 billion people claim to be Christians, but they don't look the same, they don't talk the same, they don't have the same attitude, they don't have many of the same characteristics, that tells me this. There are a lot of fake Christians in the world today. There are a lot of real Christians, and there are a lot of fake Christians Uh, I invited someone to to Revo this morning. I want to introduce you to him. It's a first time guest. I don't usually do this to first time guests, and if you're a first time guest, don't worry, we're not going to call you up on the stage. Um, But I I brought this guy. Let me introduce you to uh, Ralph. Not Ralph. What's his name? Randy. Randy. Okay, so Randy. um, This is Rescue Randy. Uh, He comes from the Walkertown Fire Department. Um, He's, uh, yeah, pretty awesome. Um, He's been through a lot, obviously. Uh, but I felt like if the pastor's going to ask everybody to invite people to church, I need to bring somebody, and nobody... Took my invitation this week, so I brought Randy. And uh, so Randy is a is a training dummy that the fire department uses. And so instead of a real victim, they they will practice dragging Randy out of uh, burning buildings, or they will, in order to pass their physical agility test, they have to pick Randy up and and backwards pull him like this, like a hundred yards or so. And that's after having to run like fifteen miles. Like if your house catches on fire, you're going to be good, man. I've seen what these people have to do in order to to be a firefighter. They can get you out of your room. Uh, or your kitchen, and so it's 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 pretty intense. He he looks really real. In fact, he's 165 pounds. They've even weighted him to make it feel like a real human being. His his arms move, and uh, what's up, and uh, all of that stuff. And he's got a head, and and all the body parts. And but maybe if we dim the lights down really low, and 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 he had some clothes on, which is awkward now that I realize that, but. If he had some clothes on and the lights were dim and he was maybe really far away then maybe you would look at Randy and say is that somebody sitting on stage is that maybe if you wanted to have some fun like put Randy in the front seat of your car and when people drive by and but but r- right now with the lights bright and kind of with you seeing him like everybody knows this is fake right it looks real he moves real He's got the real weight of 165 pounds. He's real height, real body parts, but it doesn't take very long for us to, to look at him and say, this guy's fake. This, this guy's fake. If it, if it were dim and, and he had clothes on and a hat, lowered above his bill, pulled down his face, then maybe you would understand it, but, but this, is, this is fake. All throughout Jesus' ministry, we read in Scripture and all throughout our lives as well, we see people that they may look like Christians, they may sound like Christians. They may smell like Christians. I don't know what Christians smell like, but they may smell like Christians. They, they may have that attitude of a Christian, but once you kind of get close enough to see and once you kind of put it under the litmus test, you'll realize, oh, it's fake. It's not real. Jesus was constantly calling out people All during his ministry, people that claimed to love God, people that claimed to follow him, people that claimed to be religious and to seek after him. And he would call them out in a minute and say, you're a fake. Now scripture uses the word Pharisees, Sadducees, religious people, but I call it fake. The run-ins that Jesus had with these people that always hung out in church, that always knew the right words to say, that always were were, were jumping through the hoops and trying to obey the law and pushing the law on other people, Jesus often called them out. And there's there's one particular story in Scripture that Jesus tells of what will happen at the end of our lives. When you and I die, we're going to stand in front of God one day and... Scripture makes it very clear about that, that we'll have to give an account for what we said, every, every word that we spoke, every action that we did, every attitude, our mindset, and our heart behind what we're doing here today while we were here on earth. And Scripture actually records what it'll look like when someone like Rescue Randy, when someone that may look like a Christian and maybe even live their entire life as a Christian stands in front of God one day and realizes that they were a fake. Here's what Matthew 7 Verse twenty one is if you have your if you have your Bible, this is a sobering, sobering story of what happens to Scripture. in scripture. It says this will happen to many people, many people. Matthew seven verse twenty one says this: Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father. Who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. I think we can all agree that we don't want to be in that spot. I don't want to go to heaven one day thinking I did all the right things and I, I was a real follower and I was a real Christian and then all of a sudden I stand in front of God and he says, oh, you don't look very familiar. I don't know you. you can get out. And Scripture says people will play. Whoa, 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 no, no, no. I, I did a lot. God, I, I was nice to some people. I, was, I tried to be good. I tried to help. I tried to give when I could. Like I've, I've got some stuff that I, I, that I did and Jesus looked at him and said, I never knew you depart from me, you evildoers. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, gets into heaven. This is Jesus recognizing that just because you believe in God doesn't mean you go to heaven. A lot of people today will say, I'm a Christian. Why? Because I believe in God, right? It's just about belief, right? I believe that God exists. I believe that Jesus was this guy, and this story was written about him, and like, I believe all that, man. I believe in what the Bible says, like, so I'm good, that makes me a Christian. Let me share with you uh, what James actually said about that for those that just believe. In James chapter 2, verse 19, he says this, Even the demons believe and shudder. So if you're here today and you say, I'm a Christian because I believe, well, congratulations, you and the demons are on the same team together. (laughs) Now, I don't think anybody in here would argue that, yeah, demons are Christians, they're definitely on God's team, Right? So it's got to be more than believe. Jesus says just because you call out Lord, Lord, and you believe that God is there and that you believe that Jesus is a real man. That doesn't make you a follower of mine. That doesn't mean that you're a disciple. See, we have to move past that. It has to be more than just simple belief. It has to be more than just this idea in our mind that we say, "Yeah, God exists," and "Yeah, I, you know, this book was written two thousand years ago," and "Yeah, Jesus, Jesus was a real man." Scripture in Scripture, G, the demons knew exactly who Jesus was. They were afraid of him. They knew that he had authority. They knew that he was God. On earth. They knew that he could do anything to them that they wanted to do. But does that mean that demons were Christians? Like demons and Christians are not the same. Now, you know some Christians that you're like, he may be a demon on the inside. I'm, I'm really not sure, but they're not really a Christian. They're not supposed to be acting like that. But anyway, but that demons are not Christians. Just because you believe doesn't mean that you're a follower of Jesus. Here's the difference with the demons that just simply believed: here's what happened: Jesus never changed their heart. A lot of people will claim to believe in God, will claim to believe that Jesus is a man that walked the earth 2,000 years ago, but it never changed their heart. It never impacted them more than just a trivial thought in their mind. It was never more than just an acknowledgement that Jesus was actually a real person. It's a, it's a surface-level belief, not a heart change. And just let me say, share something with you guys. That's fake. If that's your view of God, if that's your definition of Christianity, that's a fake. It looks real. It, it may feel good to say, Lord, Lord, I know you're there. I believe in you. I know who you are, but it's fake. Just because you call out, Lord, Lord, does not mean that he answers you. Listen, uh, Matthew chapter 15, verse 8 says this. These people, they honor me with their lips, but their, their heart is far from me. Again, he, Jesus paints this picture of some people will even talk about Jesus. They'll even talk about God and say that they believe him and say that they follow him. But in the end, Jesus was looking at religious people here and saying, but your heart is far from me. You say things with your lips, but deep down, it's just a surface level belief. Jesus has never changed your heart. That's fake. It's fake Christianity. It's just a a, a surface level belief here that we're talking about. So let me ask you a question. Has Jesus really changed your life? I mean, like really, has Jesus changed your life or do you just have a surface level belief in him? Do you just believe that he exists or believe that he's written in this book or believe that he died many years ago? You can believe in something, but your life can remain unchanged. Did you know that? Like you can believe in something and it never really have an effect on your life. I want you to write this down if you're taking notes. Check this out. Belief always leads to behavior. Belief, true belief in Jesus always leads to behavior. If your beliefs don't impact your behavior, hey, I want to tell you something. Nobody cares what you believe then. If you believe something but it hasn't changed your life, then nobody cares what you believe. Like what you believe doesn't matter because it obviously has not changed your life. It obviously has not impacted you, and it's not interesting to anyone else that's looking on the inside. I'll give you an example. Do you believe, like just show of hands, do you believe that Jesus in the Bible tells Christians, followers of Jesus, to tell other people about Jesus? Show of hands. Right? Okay. So the Bible's pretty clear on that. The Bible says that. Now do we do it? Well then who cares what you believe? If you believe the Bible says tell people about Jesus but you never tell people about Jesus then your belief is useless. Who cares what you believe? It hasn't impacted you. It hasn't changed your heart. It hasn't moved from belief to obedience. See we gotta move from Jesus said to do this I believe this is right I believe that this is my responsibility I believe this is my job I believe I'm supposed to do this to actually doing it. Belief alone is fake. If it has not impacted, if it has not changed your life, that's why we celebrate life change and not life the same. Hey, life the same. Nothing changed. No. When Jesus comes, he changes. You're different. A belief leads to obedience. Belief is useless if it doesn't lead to obedience. Jesus was constantly calling people out whose words did not match up with their deeds who would come and pay lip service to him, the teachers in the synagogues that would have the, most of the major, majority of the Old Testament memorized, and Jesus like, yeah, but you don't do anything about it. You know, it hasn't moved into action. It's never changed your life. You're just reciting words off of a page. Who cares about that? When is it going to actually change your life? You're, you're not a real follower. Followers follow. Like, that's the most simple definition I can get. Followers follow. If you're not following, then you're not a follower. You're a fake. If it doesn't lead to obedience, then belief is useless. Titus chapter 1, verse 16, listen to what he says. They profess to know God, but they deny him by their works. They're detestable, disobedient, and unfit for any good work. Many people will call out, Lord, Lord, and acknowledge them with their lips but their actions have been divorced from their beliefs. And Jesus said, that's being disobedient, that's being detestable, and you're not fit for any work of mine. Luke chapter six verse forty six. Jesus I love I love how blunt Jesus was sometimes. Like Jesus would say things and you could just tell he's not interested in in tickling your ear. He's not interested in making you happy. He's not making sure everybody's comfortable. This is what he says in, in Luke 6, 46. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, but don't do what I tell you to do? Like that doesn't even make me make sense. Like, how do you say you believe in Jesus? How do you say you're on Team Jesus? How do you say you're a Christian, whatever that means, or a follower or a disciple? But if you don't do what I tell you to do, then what are you talking? What are you calling me Lord for? Why do you call out to me? But yet you don't do what I, I call you to do. There's no obedience there. There's no trust. There's no life change. This summer, I took my kids to the pool and um, teaching, am teach, trying to teach both of them how to swim. And so I, I was standing in the shallow end, and my daughters would stand on the, the ledge, right? And we would do the same thing that all dads do. Like I would stick my hands out, and I'd say, jump to me, right? Just jump. Uh, I'll catch you. And, of course, Leah was Lydia. like She was in before I was in, so that, we're going to have to work on that. But Leah, my, my shy girl, she wouldn't do it. And I would say, Leah, jump. I got you. I'm not gonna let. She was worried her face was gonna go under the water. Your face is not gonna go under the water. Your hair is not gonna get wet, Rapunzel. Don't worry about it. Dad's got you. Do you think Dad would let anything bad happen to you? And she would say no. And I'd say, okay, well, jump. Do you trust me? Yes, Dad, I trust you. Okay, well then jump. But would she jump? Nope. She didn't trust me. She said she did, but she didn't trust me. She thought I was gonna let her go under. She thought her hair was gonna get wet. She thought her makeup was going to run. I don't know, but she didn't trust me. She said she trusted me over and over with her mouth. I trust you, Dad. I know you'll catch me. Can you come a little bit closer? But, Dad, I know your arms aren't long enough, but, Dad, I'm... And she wouldn't jump. Same thing in our spiritual lives. Jesus says a lot of people, when you're asked, do you trust him? Yes. Do you love him? Of course, Do you believe he's got a plan for you? Do you believe he's got a purpose for your life? Absolutely. Well then take the next step. Oh. Ah, I'm nervous. Come on, jump. Mm. I don't know if you're gonna catch me or not. I can't swim. Nah, come on, I'll never let anything. Do you trust me? I'll never let anything bad happen to you. I always, I'm right here. Like I'm, I can handle it, I can do it, I'm your father. And many people standing on the ledge will say, God, I trust you, and never jump in the pool. Never take the next step. People in this room right now and listening online, that you know you need to take the next step. And if you were asked, do you trust that God will provide? Do you trust that he loves you? Do you trust that nothing bad would ever happen to you? You'd say yes. But here you are this morning, still standing on the edge, not having taken that next step. Jesus says, they honor me with their mouth, But they're far from me. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, but don't do what I tell you to do? It's fake. Belief always leads to obedience. Lip service is not the same as real service. And Jesus is looking for the people that will take a simple belief in him and let it progress to obedience to now what he calls us to say. That's a true follower. A fake follower will say, I believe, and never take another step. Say, I trust, but never trust Jesus. Say, you're a follower, but never follow him anywhere. Looks real. They come to church. (laughs) They, they, They do a lot of other things, but when you get down to it, it's fake. Weighs the same, about the same height. May smell the same, may look the same, but it's fake. Belief always leads to obedience. John 13, Jesus is getting ready to ascend into heaven and he gathers his disciples. He wants to give them a new commandment. Uh, This is exciting, like tell us something new, Jesus, that we're going to do. And here's what he says. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, listen to this, by this all people will know that you are my disciples. How will people know that you're a disciple? How do we define Christian? How will people know that you're a real follower of Jesus? He says, by this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So how will people know if you are a disciple? Not just by saying, I love you. Not just by looking at God and saying, I love you. Not just by paying service with your lips, but, but Jesus says by actually loving one another. Here's the thing. Belief leads to obedience, and obedience leads to action. You want to know what a real follower of Jesus looks like? Belief, obedience, action. Without obedience and without action, it's just belief. If you believe it and then you, you, you obey, but never go, never take the next step, never actually put hands and feet to the gospel, never actually love other people, never serve them, never encourage them, never build them up, never make the name of Jesus famous, never tell anybody, then there's no action and it's fake. you got to take the next step. After Jesus was crucified and rose from the dead, he appeared to Peter and all the other disciples. And this was after Peter had denied him three times in front of everybody. And and Jesus was doing a really cool thing. He was going to reinstate Peter. He was going to bring him back on the team. He was going to make it public amongst all the other disciples that reconciliation and forgiveness and mercy were extended. And here's here's what Jesus said to him. He said, Peter, I've got a question for you. He said, do you love me? Peter said, yeah. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. Jesus looked at him again and said, Peter, do you love me? Second time, yes. Yes, I do. Then feed my sheep. Third time, Jesus said, Peter, do you love me? And by this time, Peter's like frustrated. He's like, of course, of course I do, Jesus. Well, then then feed my sheep. What did Jesus say? Do you love me? Well, then do something. Prove it. The story does not say, Jesus says, Peter, do you love me? And Peter says, yes, Lord. And Jesus is like, hot dog. There he goes. (laughs) I trust you. That's all it took was just for you to say I love you, just for you to say the words. Don't worry about anything else. Everything's cool. Don't worry about it. No, he said, oh, do you love me? Prove it. You're a follower of me? Follow. Is it past belief? Then obey. You ready to obey? Then step into action. Real Versus fake. He looked at Peter and said, Prove it. Man, has Jesus changed your life? Prove it. Has Jesus really changed your heart? Then prove it. Let's see some action. This doesn't give us any action. It's fake. It doesn't care about action. It just wants to look right. It just wants to kind of create a diversion that it's a follower. It doesn't really want to follow. Many, many religious people in Scripture came up to Jesus and looked just like that. And Jesus would call them out. Where's the obedience? And where are your actions? Where are your deeds? What in your life is showing to me and everyone else that you are actually a follower of Jesus? Belief leads to obedience, which leads to action. I want to reread that that Matthew 7, again, what we started out with, here's what Jesus says. Not, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father, obedience and action. Not just the one that says, Lord, Lord, and believes, but the one that is obedient to my voice and springs into action. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. That's going to be a scary day for a lot of people because scripture says, many will say to me on that day. Many people will stand in front of God thinking I've done enough. I did the right things. I said the right things. I tried to be good. I tried to help people. I've got a long resume list. Many will stand in front of me and say, I I believed in something. I, I did a few things. Isn't that good enough? And the end result is God says, get away from me. I never knew you. The heart never changed. There was no relationship. I never knew you depart from me many people will have actions that never believed in Jesus many people will bring a resume and say yeah yeah, but wait God but for real remember that time I helped that guy out remember that time I went to church almost every Sunday remember those times I gave what about when I volunteered see if you take the belief out in Jesus then the obedience and the action don't mean anything either You can't take any of the steps out. we got a lot of people in this world trying to be good. Hey, why am I a Christian? Why am I going to heaven when I die? Because I'm a good person. I've done enough. I've I've apologized and confessed of of sins before, so I'm, I'm good to go. Jesus has to accept me. God would never let me not go to heaven. Many people will stand in front of God one day and say, Didn't I do enough? Wasn't I a good enough person? Look at, my, look at my checklist. Just look at my life. There are some high points. There's some things I did well. And Jesus turns and says, I, I, I never knew you. What did you do with Jesus? Here's the big question. What did you do with Jesus? Who is Jesus to you? Answer that question. Because that's where the belief starts. The belief in Jesus will then lead to obedience. If he's ultimately changed your life, it'll lead to obedience, and then your life will be different. Did you surrender your life to him? Are you a follower? Are you a disciple? Yeah, but I did some stuff. I, I was a good person. Man, I, I, I tried to help people. Like, I, there's nice things in my life. I'm not as bad as that person is, so surely I'm getting in. Like, is it the top 50% or what? What did you do with Jesus? What did you do with Jesus? Many people be fooled in, in that way. Guys, Man, church, hear me out. Your, your salvation is not something I want you to roll the dice on. I don't want you to approach this day with some hazy, foggy idea about whether or not you're a follower of Jesus. I don't want you to walk up to that line and stand in front of the creator of the world one day and have your fingers crossed that you did enough. To, to, to want to ride into heaven on your own merit and think you're going to bring a, a, a good works resume to the creator of the world and somehow he's going to buy that and let you slip in. That's not how it works. Many people will say that and they will all be turned away. Man, when you stand in front of God one day, I hope your language is not, I hope I did enough. No, you don't understand. I had good intentions. No, no, I was a good person. No, no, I, I helped. I, I did some things. I'm better than most. That's not going to cut it. Those people be turned away. What'd you do with Jesus? What'd you do with Jesus? Here's, my, here's my, my favorite for you this morning. You got a connection card when you came in the door, and here's what I want you to do, man. If there's any doubt in your mind, any doubt whether you are fake or real, whether this is just an idea in your mind or where Jesus has really changed your heart, and you really believe and who he says he is, this one I want you to, I want you to write your info, just your kind, just your name, and your cell phone, or email, or whatever it is, there's a check mark on there, that says I made a decision for Christ, our leadership team, wants to get in touch with you tomorrow, and talk about that, I would love to sit down with you, so that you can figure out, the most important question, that you will ever answer in your life, and so you can know what the answer is, I don't want you standing in front of God one day, And say, Well, I thought I did enough. I thought I knew the right answers. Like, does this count? Here's some things. And and, no. I want you to know. I want you to know what it feels like to have your life changed by Jesus and then to move from belief to obedience to action. We're talking about real versus fake. Most important question you'll ever ask, that you'll ever answer, that your life will ever illustrate Are you a real follower? Or do you just look like it?